Hello everyone, this is Ali Reza and this is a new episode of Paytech Talk. This is the Paytech Talk number 76 today in English uh, because today we are going to talk about a special topic which is relevant not just for the German listeners but also for our European um, listeners. And I have today a special guest here, it's Benjamin Schaub from Inters. Benjamin, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you, Ali Reza. Happy to be here. My name is Benjamin Schaub. I'm the Chief Digital Officer at Intas Tech. We are a consulting company which is focused on digital assets. We have been set up by the Frankfurt School and Plutoneo Consulting. And our USP is that we try to combine um, the academia. So we are very close to the Frankfurt School and Frankfurt School Blockchain Center. And on the other hand, um, we have Plutoneo as founding member. They are located in um, the traditional security service sector. So we really focus on digital assets, as I said, and therefore we um, look at what's being um, called crypto assets. So at the Bitcoin and Ethers and so on. But on the other hand, we look at all the relevant aspects when we talk about tokenized financial instruments, could be securities, could be bonds, could be um, fund units, for example. So we really look at how to integrate these types of assets into existing infrastructures. And we also um, try to elaborate digital asset strategies with our clients, so to be prepared for what is coming in the next five to 10 years. Thank you, Benjamin. And uh, today, Benjamin, we thought of talking about something special, not just about you and myself, but giving something back to the listeners. And we wanted to talk about the brand new DLT pilot regime. So for those of you who did not know about the DLT pilot regime so far, I just give you a, a brief into what it is. And then we go over uh, to you, Benjamin, and you explain a little bit uh, who can make use of the DLT pilot regime. So the DLT pilot regime is a regime which is an EU-wide regime, so it's applicable to the entire European Union, to the entire European economic area, and it establishes a regulatory sandbox for the market infrastructure, which is based on a distributed ledger technology, so on a DLT. So in this new regime, it aims to further support and promote the potential of digital finance in terms of innovation and competition, while reducing potential risks. And for those of you who are interested in this, uh, you should uh, know that this is now getting prepared and it's going to be uh, getting forced by the 23rd March, 2023. So we have a little bit of time, but not too much because those of you who want to do make use of the DLT pilot regime and of this so-called sandbox, uh, they need to understand certain things and they need also to um, communicate with their competent authorities or the regulator. In Germany, this would be BaFin. Uh, which would then communicate again with the European regulator for securities, which is the ESMA. And uh, this podcast today should support you to bring you a basic understanding of the DLT pilot regime and to make you be able to uh, apply to the DLT pilot regime if you are interested to operate under the DLT pilot regime. So Benjamin, can you explain um, what kind of entities or operators can make use of the DLT pilot regime? Of course. So the really interesting part, uh, I think, from the regulation here is, or from the possibility of the sandbox environment is that um, the regulator says, okay, we need to make sure that distributed ledger technology can really unfold 
um, how it's meant to be. So we're looking at um, trading activities, but also at the settlement part. This means um, the pilot regime is explicitly for um, multilateral trading facilities, um, which we know from MIFID. Um, so they can operate a DLT-based market infrastructure and could be then operated by investment firm or market operator. We are also targeting central securities depository. Um, they could then operate a DLT-based market infrastructure called a DLT settlement system. And what is brand new that the regulator acknowledges and says, okay, um, looking at the technology, it doesn't make a lot of sense to separate those two functions. So to separate trading and settlement, basically, they allow a unique combination for the first time where you could operate a DLT trading and settlement system. This is being referred to in the pilot regime as, as DLT TSS. So you could then operate on DLT, the trading and the settlement of financial instruments. And what is also important, I think, is that it doesn't only um, target incumbents in the financial market. So it's also open for non-regulated participants um, that do not operate um, a, a currently a financial infrastructure, but they are also allowed to apply for a temporary authorization under the pilot regime. And this enables then um, startups and fintechs in the let's say, crypto space who, who might have um, technological solutions to provide such an infrastructure. And I think um, it is very interesting that on the one hand side, such new companies are also allowed to join. And on the other hand, I think um, it's it's very um, a very progressive statement from the regulator so that we say, okay, um, it is possible to combine activities of, of trading and settlement for the first time. Thank you, Benjamin. So uh, I, let me put it in a nutshell together again. So we have three types of operators. We have the so-called DLT MTF, which is operated by an investment firm or a market operator. Then we have the DLT settlement system, so the DLT SS, which is operated by a central securities depository, by a CSD. And we have the brand new DLT trading and settlement system, DLT TSS, which can be operated by an investment firm, market operator, or a CSD. And as I understand, the market operator could be some unregulated participant, which could get a permission. So this is why we also call it a sandbox. So they can get a temporary permission, which is not to be mixed up with a license, which takes quite long. And it uh, needs also quite a lot of requirements to be fulfilled until you get that license. Um, I'm going to discuss uh, in, a, in a second a little bit about this permission, but maybe let us look into this DLT pilot regime uh, from a practical perspective. Maybe we should look at some use cases. I was thinking maybe of um, investment funds or something else. Uh, what do you think, Benjamin? Can you maybe give us an example of an investment fund, how they can make use of this DLT pilot regime when it comes to DLT? Yes, sure. So what is also interesting that uh, with the pilot regime, um, there comes the EU passport. So this means if um, you get an approval under the pilot regime, you will then be able to operate in the whole European Union. And I think um, especially um, coming now from um, 
the, the German market and the German regulation, where we, for example, had the crypto custody license. This is um, really something that hopefully boosts the whole um, DLT space because it is now not um, only a use case that then you can operate, as I said, with crypto custody inside Germany, but you can operate on the European Union level. And this would, um, as we will cover financial instruments, I guess, later, this would, for example, allow that a management company sets up um, usage funds and then um, directly um, trades via MTFs in the European Union and you could do it cross-border. And I think um, without looking into the assets that are then invested in, in the usage funds, it's really interesting to see that um, from the issuing perspective, um, there are very interesting opportunities around because um, you will then, as I said, be able to, um, to distribute your funds, for example, in this case, in the whole European Union, and you would be able to do it via um, a new distribution channel, which was um, not possible before. Yes, thank you, Benjamin. And I think for those who, who are now listening and who are thinking, okay, what is, what is new compared to the traditional existing market, I think we need to differentiate. So for those who are already regulated, um, um, they for them, probably they say, okay, we are already regulated. Why do we need the DLT pilot regime? And I think for them, it is important to understand that now you can also um, start to operate a system and trade um, DLT-based instruments. So the MIFID is already the, the MIFID is already changed where it says now that MIFID instruments are also those which are issued or stored on the DLT system. But the entire ongoing compliance system of the traditional securities market, uh, such as shareholder notifications and uh, post trading requirements and so on and so on, they are no, they're not ready right now for DLT-based products such as uh, security token and other tokens under crypto assets, which are really not uh, now uh, being included in this ongoing uh, regime. Uh, and therefore, the DLT pilot regime gives to those who are already regulated uh, a framework, a regime where they can start operating and trading such instruments. Plus, for those who are not regulated, so those market participants who do not have a license, they can start uh, become like semi-regulated or being under a regime which provides them the possibility to, to run their uh, activities on a legal basis and not just in the jurisdictions where they apply for the permission, but for the entire European economic area. And this is the passport in what you just mentioned, Benjamin. And this is interesting. So for those who are regulated, they are now able to, to operate and trade DLT-based instruments. And for those who are not regulated, but who maybe already do uh, some business with DLT products and now have the possibility to be uh, semi-regulated and have the possibility to do the passporting and to do everything what they want to do in a regularly compliant manner. So uh, and another example besides the investment fund, I think it's also interesting to look at the startups, uh, which we have. Uh, we have many of them in Germany, but there are also some uh, others in the European Union area. But for those uh, which I know in Germany, which already do some STOs or some security token offering, and they have already a platform where you can trade it like a bulletin board. Uh, for them, I think it's interesting to understand that they can do this now 
um, in a regulatory compliant manner by being uh, themselves the yeah the, the the operator of the platform. Because in Germany, for instance, you can do that already now by being a tidy agent under an umbrella. But then you would be really just the tidy agent, and you would uh, would you would be dependent on the umbrella. So you would be dependent on a regulated institution. While in this DLT pilot regime, you can get yourself a permission, and you can then. Uh, yeah, issue your tokens uh, and uh, operate a trading platform, and this is, I think, very interesting. Um, so, Benjamin, let, let's let's jump to the permission because we talked so much about it, and uh, and uh, I think this is also interesting for those who who want to know what they need to do to be able to use the DLT pilot regime and to fall inside the sandbox regime. And so, what is right now very interesting, we have um, the European Securities Markets Authority (ESMA) which has uh, invited the market participants to respond to a so-called consultation paper. So if it is a public consultation, you can find it on the ESMA webpage. You can also find it uh, in this podcast, uh, in the description below this uh, audio recording uh, as always. And you can participate in this consultation. It is still open until 9th of September, so for a couple of weeks. And the, the goal of this uh, consultation is to get information and response from the market participants to be able um, to prepare some standards, some standard forms uh, uh, for applying for the DLT pilot regime. So you can imagine it like this, that you will get some standard forms, which ESMA will provide to you. You can find it on either the webpage of the, your national competent authority, which is in Germany, BaFin, or you can find it also on the ESMA webpage. And there are some standard forms, which you then would need to fill out to complete. And you would need to add some, uh, some, some attachments to this application, file it with your regulator, and then you will get the permission. Uh, so this is the basic idea in a nutshell. And these standard forms are getting, getting now prepared by the ESMA. And uh, what is also interesting, the uh, DLT pilot regime uh, is also now, uh, uh, we can also look into it. So if you're a lawyer, you can look into it and you can find an article 8 to 10, some specific requirements for those who want to apply for the license. For instance, in article 8, 9 and 10, um, there are some necessary documentation which you would need to, um, yeah, to attach to your um, application. So for instance, you would need to have a business plan uh, and the business plan should describe exactly what your MTF, uh, SS or your TSS uh, is going to offer to the market. And uh, in Article 7, Paragraph 1, you will find some, uh, yeah, some necessary content of that business plan. So you also find in this article 8, 9, and 10 uh, some more information, such as the information regarding the functioning services and activities of your uh, system you want to operate. So if it's a DLT MTF, DLT SS, or DLT TSS, um, you will find some, you will need to offer some descriptions uh, on your overall IT and cyber arrangements. Uh, as you can see in Article 7, Paragraph 4, and uh, some evidence you need to provide uh, in respect to your sufficient prudential safeguards, uh, which you would need to uh, show uh, and how you meet uh, your liabilities um, to compensate clients in case of uh, some damages. And then you will also need to 
attach to your application um, some description of the safekeeping arrangements. Uh, if you are a DLT finance, if you have DLT finance instruments, uh, as referred to Article 7, Paragraph 5, and a description of the arrangement of ensuring investor protection and description of your mechanisms for handling client complaints and uh, other issues. And furthermore, but this is, would be the last point which you would need to consider, you would need also to put in your application a transition strategy because uh, as we were saying, this pilot regime is a temporary regime. And once the pilot regime uh, is ending, either because of time or because you reach some certain thresholds, you would need to then explain how what you want to do afterwards. So if you want to stop the business or if you want to switch to become a fully regulated institution, and this is the so-called um, transition plan, which you would need to attach to your application and demonstrate it to the regulator. And as I was just saying, the pilot regime has some two two exit uh, lines. One is uh, which it says that um, after a maximum time of six years, the pilot regime is automatically ending. Or if you reach a certain threshold, which is 9 billion euro, uh, you can look it up in article three, paragraph three. Um, and uh, then you would need to really exit the temporary DLT pilot regime. So I think this is enough for, for the basic understanding of the permission. Uh, I think what is now interesting for, for those who listen, um, what kind of instruments can you trade with a deal under the DLT pilot regime? And I think we should a little bit look at this point because we are going to have soon also Demica, the markets and crypto assets regulation in place. We already have the MIFID uh, in place. So what kind of instruments can 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 someone trade within the DLT pilot regime? Uh, Benjamin, can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, sure. So what is interesting here is, as you just mentioned, that um, we have the markets in crypto assets upcoming and there will be covered e-money tokens, stable coins, utility tokens, and so on. But when we talk about crypto assets or digital assets under the DLT pilot regime, then we are talking about financial instruments within the meaning of MIFID II. And this is, for me, uh, the, the very important part that um, we have different financial instruments in the pilot regime, and um, therefore we have shares, for example, um, which is very interesting from my point of view. Um, we have some thresholds attached to those instruments. So, for example, when we talk about shares, um, then um, the market capitalization um, must be less than 500 million euro. Then the DILT pilot regime also covers bonds or other forms of securitized debt money or money market instruments. Um, here, the um, market cap is 1 billion euro. And as I said, um, it also covers um, usage funds. So we have um, how they are being referred to units in collective investment undertakings. And here, um, the assets under management um, must be less than 500 million euro. And uh, what I think is, is really interesting uh, here that we have um, the, the goal from uh, in, under the pilot regime that we can really establish and develop secondary market for such assets for the first time. Yeah, this is, I think, what the whole market has been looking for, that um, we get such instruments in tokenized form 
and in a um, regulated way. And then also um, having the passport in the European Union also um, should foster liquidity across the, the providers who will then um, apply um, under the pilot regime. Yeah, Benjamin, thanks for that. Well, thanks for that summary. And so con concluding this podcast, uh, I think we can both agree, Benjamin, that the DLT pilot regime is, is really something which helps the crypto environment to to foster and it paths the way actually for the blockchain technology within the European economic area and gives for the digital securities market a framework which gives transparency and some guidance on, on, on what to do right now. And uh, I, I welcome it a lot that we will have this DLT pilot regime in place and uh, I can just encourage everyone to, to make uh, themselves being familiar with the DLT pilot regime. If you want to apply for this, you should really focus what is necessary. You should understand that the DLT pilot regime will cover shares, bonds, and usage funds, um, among other instruments on the DLT. And you should also understand the, what you need to um, yeah, attach to your application for permission. Uh, you should prepare that in advance. Um, in March, you can already uh, approach your competent authority with your uh, application. But before that, you should uh, analyze the DLT market, uh, uh, the TLD pilot regime, and understand on, in which market you want to operate, as what kind of operator you, you think you, you're going to operate, prepare your business plan, and uh, yeah, file your application. And you have, if you have any questions regarding this topic, you can reach out, as always, to our guest speakers, to Benjamin. You can find his contact details under this podcast uh, recording. Uh, you can reach him. Uh, I think Benjamin, you can get reached uh, on LinkedIn, right? Uh, you're 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 quite active. Absolutely, yeah. Great, and uh, uh, we should also do something together, Benjamin. I was thinking maybe to do some kind of workshops or something like that for the German participants, maybe for the EU participants, and uh, let's think about that. But uh, I want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast, Benjamin. It was very interesting talking to you and to look into the DLT pilot regime. Thank you, Ali Reza. Sure, and uh, and thanks to the to the listeners. Thank you for uh, listening again to our podcast. If you have any feedback, just write us an email, LinkedIn, and uh, hear you next time. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.